Well, hello, everyone. This is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com. Welcome back to another seven-day fat-burning coaching call. This one I'm calling The Truth About Gyms in Vegas and Fruits and Veggies in Your Home. So we're going to go over some of the best gyms, best hotel gyms in Vegas, if you ever go there, that uh, you can still do a pretty good TT fat loss workout in. And we're also going to talk about some interesting research and actual user experience with getting more fruits and vegetables into your diet. So we'll talk about that. This weekend, I'm off to Orlando, Florida, going to Disney World of all places. Uh, My friend Joel Marion is having an event for some fitness trainers, and that's where he's hosting it, at Disney World of all places. A little weird to me, but whatever, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll be watching the Super Bowl there on Sunday, but I'm not going to miss any workouts just like I didn't miss any workouts in Vegas last week. I had a chance to stay at the Palazzo Hotel for the first time. I really liked it there. It's really nice. The the rooms, I think all the rooms in that hotel are suites, so they're a little bit bigger than normal and have a nice little sitting area in it. And then I also stayed at Aria Hotel, which is a new hotel. And I would say that's a really good hotel if you don't want to be bothered by young people partying. It was. Um, it felt like a little bit more of an upscale hotel. I don't think it cost any more, but because one of, it's one of the new ones in the city center, it just seemed like that. For example, the best best example, and I'm going to tell you the full story later on, is that when I was at Palazzo, I was going to the gym at five in the morning because I stick to my really early schedule, and I ran into some partiers in the elevator. But I never felt like that was going to happen at Aria. And, in fact, the gym at Aria was busy every morning by 6.30. So I think people staying at Aria have a different agenda than people staying at some of the other hotels. But like I said, we're going to go through my personal favorites of the seven hotel gyms that I've used in Vegas and tell you where you can get a great workout. All right, but let's get started with the rest of the fat-burning guide for this week starting Monday, February the 7th. Starting with our transformation tip of the week, and both of these, there's two of them, and both of these quotes are from me. And the first time I said, build others up, it will only make you more success, successful when you build others up. It will give you the social support. So now if you don't have social support, you need to take charge as the leader. You need to be confident in your choices. People will respect your decisions, even if it seems that at first they don't. That's really important for you to understand. If you are persistent and consistent, people will, will come around. But if you've tried to change several times and you just quit, then that's why, I, you know, maybe people don't really believe in you at the start. But if you're persistent and you're proud of what you're doing, then people will respect your decision. You know, eventually a lot of people are going to come to you for advice and support because you are the one making the right decision. And never forget that. Now, I posted that on my Facebook page at CraigBallantineFanPage.com, and I also posted this one. Be positive, appreciate life, no matter what it brings, there is always a bright side. So, you know, a big snowstorm this week, the bright side is some people had some time off. Big snowstorm this week, the bright side is there's snow. Hey, it's nice to have some snow. you got to look on the bright side of things. All right, into this week's training tips, and I'm going to go over two more workouts from my current program, which is almost ending, so I'll have another workout to bring you soon. But it's workout C of my four-day program. So I go Monday. I usually go Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, something like that. And so this this workout I actually did today. I'm I'm recording this on a Wednesday evening, and I did this workout today. It's my 
third workout of the week because I trained Sunday in Vegas and then Monday back here in Toronto. And so I do an extensive warm-up before my workouts, a, a lot of bodyweight exercises. It probably takes me 15 minutes to get through all my bodyweight exercises. And the circuit that I did today was a, a bird dog exercise where you do a regular bird dog and then do a leg abduction. So when your leg is extended behind you, you take it out to the side and bring it back in. So alternating sides for that. Then I do something like a duck under or bodyweight squat, prisoner lunge, one leg RDL, plank, side plank. Um, the planks, I did a two-minute plank today with no problem. I'm not doing uh, multiple sets of planks, but you should be able to do a plank for two minutes straight. And it's been shown in Dr. McGill's research that if you're able to do a, a plank for two minutes straight, then you're probably going to have a lower risk of back problems. So that's something to consider. I also do stretches for the uh, hip flexor area for my chest and for my uh, posterior delts and that shoulder area. Now I'm finally ready to go. And so I do some warm-up sets of power cleans and then even my work sets of the power clean, which is uh, an Olympic lifting exercise, I keep the weight light and I try to move fast. Although today I went a little bit too heavy and it interfered with my performance. And the next exercise, which is called the sumo deadlift, which is the main exercise of my workout. I really want to maximize my performance in that one. Sumo deadlift is having a wide stance with your legs and your hands are inside of your knees when you do the deadlift. Compared to a regular deadlift, your feet are just wider than hip width apart and your hands are outside of your legs. The sumo is wide legs, hands inside. So you can look that up on the Internet and take a look at pictures of that. And then I finish off with a rack pull. I have the weight set at uh, pin six in a squat rack, and it's just doing the top motion of a deadlift. And I paired that with a ab wheel rollout. So that's a lot of pulling, but again, only the, um, the, the power clean is fast, the sumo deadlift is heavy, and the rack pull is moderate. All right, so that's it for that workout. Now into Tuesday in our research review of the week. We actually have two this week, and the first one I want to talk to you about, actually I think we have three. The first one I want to talk to you about is from the Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine, and it's called The Impact of Weight Gain or Weight Loss on Healthcare Costs for Employees at the Johnson & Johnson Family of Companies. So they had American researchers studying about 8,420 Johnson & Johnson employees, and they just wanted to see what happens to healthcare costs if people gained weight or they lost weight. And what they found was that employees who gained weight and became obese, experienced 10% higher annual cost increases in health care compared to those people who remained at a low risk. And employees who moved from a high to a low risk for obesity, so those people that lost weight, experienced annual cost increases that were lower than those who maintained at a risk for obesity. So basically, no surprises there. Preventing weight gain through effective employee health promotion programs is likely to result in cost savings for employers. Again, everybody kind of knows that. Now, how do you do it? And the answer is this. If you want to cause change in someone's life, whether it's your own life, whether it's a client's life, whether you know, you're know a personal trainer, or whether it's a friend or family member's life or an employee's life, you really need to read a book called Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. And if you've listened to my interview with Dr. John Berardi or my interviews with Dr. John Berardi, he mentions that book as being a real fundamental book in, in the programs that they run at Precision Nutrition. And so I highly recommend it. I read it on the weekend in Vegas and on the plane and even when I was in a meeting. And it was really, really important and really valuable. And we're going to talk a lot about 
some of the takeaways in this call later on at the end of the call, but also in follow-up calls and in articles I'm going to do because, again, it was powerful, powerful stuff. So check out that book if you want to make change and look for tips later on. Now into Wednesday, our workout tip of the week is my workout D for my program, current program, and it's my end-of-week workout, which is perfect for my travels because if I'm traveling here in Canada, I usually spend the week in the city, in Toronto, and I spend the weekend either traveling to the United States for meetings or for uh, vacations, or I spend the weekends at my mom's house in the country uh, hanging out with some people there and taking the dog to the country because he likes to he gets to run around a little bit more. And, and really, I just can't handle the dog in the city by myself on the weekend because he wants to go out all the time. During the week, I have a dog sitter that has him all afternoon, and so I can I can survive. But, I mean, he just takes up too much of my time when I'm on my own in the city. So this workout, workout D here, I can do at a gym that's not my regular gym. I can do it in a hotel gym. I can do it with almost body weight only because it's really just an upper body workout. And so I start with a pretty extensive warm-up. I do stick-ups. I do W, Ys, and Ts on the ball. I do band pull-aparts with an elastic band just to, you know, get the shoulder mobility going. I do some uh, shoulder rolls, and I do some medicine ball throws, and I do some upper body stretching, and maybe a little bit lower body stretching, too, if I need to. Then I move into a dumbbell incline press paired with a row. I've been using the T-bar row recently. Um, I'll do a dumbbell shoulder press if my shoulders are feeling good, Then I'll do chin-ups, and then I'll do some arms at the end. So, again, you can do that pretty much in any hotel gym, just with a press, a row, a pull, uh, sorry, a, an overhead press, and then a, a chin-up or pull-up of some of some kind, and then some arms. And, you know, you can do that almost all on cables. You can do that with mostly bodyweight stuff. Again, it's something you can do almost anywhere. And so now it's time for my Vegas gyms list. And this is, first of all, I'm going to go through the list with respect to my personal training program. So it means if I want to go down and, and do squatting and bench pressing, I won't even consider deadlifting because you generally are going to have a hard time doing that. But squatting and benching in a gym, and that's going to be different than a regular TT fat loss program that just, you know, focuses on having dumbbells and not barbells. But, you know, for a barbell-based workout, my favorite gym in Las Vegas, and I've used, I've been to seven gyms, and I'm going to rank them here. So the best one is the Palazzo. It's big. It's got tons of stuff. Next is Monte Carlo. I was really surprised by how good the gym was there, and it was empty. The Palazzo was actually a busy gym, so there was a lot of people in there when I went. Uh, third is the Luxor. The Luxor has a great gym with barbells uh, that you can use for squatting. Fourth, in the next four, they don't have a squat rack. So the next four are just really in order of um, cleanliness and space. And so it's Aria, Blagio, MGM, and Planet Hollywood. So I guess Planet Hollywood was kind of the most disappointing of all the gyms that I went to. Although they do have a nice spa. It's like the only place that I've used, like the hot tub and and that sort of thing. And the uh, Planet Hollywood is pretty good for that. And I really like Planet Hollywood, the hotel, other than that. But I just wasn't a big fan of their gym. I really like the location because it's kind of in the middle of the strip. Now, for fat loss programs, I've switched it up a little bit. So, again, these aren't barbell-based programs. 
And the, the best gyms for a fat loss turbulence training workout in order are Aria because it's, it's new, it's really nice, it's got a little extra area for stretching, it has some uh, nice cable machines that you can do uh, if you're really into the cable exercises. You can use the cable machines there. It didn't have a squat rack, like I said. It has uh, dumbbells up to 75 or 80, I think. And it has plenty of uh, pull-down and, and seated row stations and plenty of interval equipment like uh, treadmills. But, it, again, it just didn't have the squat rack. It has a Smith machine, and I'm not, I don't use that for squatting or benching. After that, it just goes into the, the regular order, the Palazzo, Monte Carlo, Luxor, Bell, Bellagio, MGM, and Planet Hollywood. MGM is also a pretty disappointing gym, considering, you know, the hotel. It's like a long walk away from uh, your rooms, uh, really inconvenient and small, busy, and it doesn't have a squat rack either. So pretty disappointing with that one. Uh, Bellagio, it's a little bit weird in there. It seems like the, the gym is decorated 80 style a little bit, but it's okay, but it doesn't have a squat rack either. So uh, so that's it for my list of hotel gyms in Vegas. I haven't tried them all, obviously, and I don't know when I'll be back. I might get back one more trip this year, and I'll try and stay at a different place. I've also stayed at Hooters, by the way, but I didn't get a chance to check out their gym. I stayed there one night before I was able to check into MGM, and um, I don't really have much to say about Hooters. All right, one more thing I want to say, a funny story about my uh, Vegas trip, the elevator ride that I took at Palazzo. So it's a little bit of Vegas hotel comedy. It was 5 a.m. on last Thursday morning, and so I'm going to work out. It's my first day there, and so I'm still on East Coast time, so it's really easy for me to get up at my regular time. And I actually think I got up at like 4 in the morning. And so I was going down to the hotel gym, and I get in the elevator, and there's a drunk guy in there with this girl. And the drunk guy looks at me and goes, you going to the gym? And I said, yeah. And the drunk guy, he's a really nice guy. And he goes, yeah, we're on different schedules. And I said to him, yeah, I figured that out. So <laughs> it's always pretty entertaining who you're going to see in the elevators. And I've always been like, oh, is anybody going to be in the elevator when I'm going to the gym at 5 in the morning? And what kind of awkward conversation are we going to have? And uh, that was one of them. But, again, he was such a nice guy, it turned out to be not an awkward conversation. So if you have a crazy Vegas hotel story, please post it on the blog. It's always entertaining to hear about what goes on down there. All right, into Trainer Thursday. If you're a trainer, I want you to take a look at your goals and dreams. And, of course, anybody can do this as well. But, you know, especially if you're a trainer – and you are training and you really want to improve or open up your own studio or run your own boot camps and you're not doing that, just ask yourself, are you truly serious about your dreams and goals? If not, either delete them. You know, if you're not serious about them, delete them and save yourself the headache and heartache of never achieving them. Or get serious about them and spend two hours this weekend planning out how you will achieve those goals. And if you're not willing to spend two hours working on those goals, how can you say that you're serious about them? You've got to be able to put the time in. All right? Now into Facebook Friday. Our, we have two questions because I did a Q&A session today and got some great questions. And if you ever want to ask a question, please just drop by TurbulenceTrainingFanPage.com. That will take you to the page. You can ask a question anytime, but we also have our Q&A sessions once in a while. And so Jerry asked, 
can you build muscle in a calorie-depleted state? Now, this is a question that I'm getting a lot. People are talking about this all over the place, and what he means is most people in the muscle-building world have said that you have to eat more calories than you need if you want to build muscle. And I don't know who's talking about the fact that you don't need to do this, but I'm getting this question quite a bit. And so basically he's asking, if I need 2,500 calories to maintain my weight, can I eat 2,200 calories and somehow build muscle? And I gave him an answer that we can apply to any question that people ask me pretty much. And I said, well, Jerry, that depends on many things. First of all, if you were eating 100 calories below normal, so let's say you needed 2,500, but you were eating 2,400, and you were taking one gram of steroids per week of testosterone, you could do it. You could gain muscle while eating fewer calories than normal. Now, that's an extreme. On the other hand, I said if you were eating 1,000 calories below normal, you probably couldn't. I mean, it would be a miracle if you could gain muscle while on a 1,000-calorie lower-than-normal diet. So that's another extreme. So you have the extreme where you can, the extreme where you can't, and everything else lies in between. You lie in between because of your genetics, because of your natural testosterone levels. You lie in between because of your age. If you're 18 and eating... 1,800 calories when you should be eating 2,500 calories, you might be able to do it because you have so many hormones running through your body that are just screaming at your body to put on muscle because that's how your growth and your genetics is working at that time. So it's a very, very complex answer. We can't give a one-answer solution for everybody. It depends on the individual. The next question comes from Rachel. Do you find that women progress as far as strength gains uh, as far as when it comes to strength gains, you find that women progress more slowly than men. It seems I spend more time on a weight level than the guys do before advancing to the next level. And that's another question that really depends on the situation and the individual. But here's the generalization that I can make in this situation. First of all, if you have a woman come to me and a guy come to me in the gym, the women, the woman, sorry, will generally have faster relative strength gains because she's more likely to not have done any resistance exercise, and I mean that in a general term, in her regular hobbies. So let's say, you know, it's a woman and she doesn't really do much besides, you know, go to work, carry her groceries around. She doesn't have kids. You know, she's not carrying anything in real life. And so she goes to the gym and hasn't exercised since high school, and she's 28, well, she has a very low strength level, and on a relative term, she can make rapid improvements. Whereas a guy, you know, he's 28, he hasn't done much since college, but, you know, he had a little bit more strength building in college, and, you know, he's a little bit more active, and maybe he has a manual labor job, then he's not going to get as strong as quickly on a relative term. He's still going to get strong quickly, but on a relative term, a woman could have greater relative gains. The bottom line is... If you're a beginner to strength training, you should be making rapid gains whether you're a man or a woman. Now, as they get more advanced, a man will be able to get stronger faster in most cases because men generally can gain more muscle. And if you have more muscle, you should be getting stronger at a faster pace. And that's it. That's the bottom line. The most important thing here is what does it matter? You do the best you can. You find the best program for you. You train as hard as you can. You recover as best as you can. You eat as best as you can. 
that's all that you can control. And if you can't control something, there's no bother in worrying about it. All right. Into Social Sports Saturday. This week, we're going to talk about a study where I've talked a lot in the past about weight loss with Internet support. This is weight loss by mobile phone, a one-year effectiveness study. Not surprisingly, it comes from Finland where, you know, they create so many mobile phones. And so first the Internet, now cell phones. It's getting easier and easier to free yourself of belly fat thanks to technology. They had 125 overweight subjects in this Finnish, Finnish research study, and they assigned them to a weight loss program delivered by text message over their mobile phone or just a control group who was given general weight loss advice. Now, the researchers instructed the clients via text messages to reduce, reduce food intake and to report their daily weight. Once the subject replied, the researcher then provided immediate and tailored feedback. Now, the study ran for one year, and the text message group lost 4.5 kilograms, so over 10 pounds, while the control group only lost 1.1 kilograms, or about 2.5 pounds. Also, the subjects who lost the most weight tended to lose weight quickly and used the text messaging service the most, and they also made the most changes to their diet. So this is just like using a form, just, just like you know, getting email support from a friend. So this is a perfect system to set up with your trainer or even a diet buddy. Bill Phillips even has something like this on his transformation.com website. If you sign up, uh, you can sign up for free text messaging, and I get them from Bill. He usually sends one out every day during the week, and once in a while he'll just say, you know, I'm just checking in on you. Are you exercising and eating properly? Now, you're not going to get personal feedback from him because this goes out to thousands of people, but you could set that up with your trainer if you have one or a friend if you have one. It's a perfect system to set up. You can even use Twitter or Facebook or, again, something like the Turbulence Training Members Forum to get feedback from other people. So make use of all the technology that you have. Finally, into Sunday, plan, shop, and prepare day. We have 30 minutes of activity. And now we want to make sure that we're properly preparing to eat more fruits and vegetables. So there was a study from experts at the University of Reading in Britain that revealed that childless couples eat more fruits and vegetables than families. Now, before you use that as an excuse, I'm going to show you a family later on in this story that overcame that. And I'm also going to use some clues from that movie Switch, or that book Switch on how to do it. So what they found was the adults who were by themselves, who didn't have children, ate almost five pounds more fruits and vegetables than families over a two-week period. That is a lot. And they found that the parents were also more likely to buy salads and fresh produce after the arrival of their first child, but they ditched them after the arrival of their second child. And they also found that the cost of fruits and vegetables may play a role in this, and that certainly is a factor that we need to consider. But how do we overcome this? The answer is by making small changes. And that's what the book Switch really emphasizes. Now, they talk about small changes because you need small changes to get small, quick wins, basically small, quick success stories, to get the success snowball rolling. You want to set baby steps or take baby steps, and you want to set smaller goals than what you may have set. So if you set a goal of losing 50 pounds, Reduce that goal to simply eating one extra serving of fruits and vegetables each day. That's a much smaller goal, and you can win at that goal faster and get some confidence. 
Don't think about the rest of the year. Just be like the Alcoholics Anonymous group who recommends that you take things one day at a time. Set an appointment, make a checklist, and make it easier to access the fruits and vegetables. That might mean driving a different way home so that you go past the grocery store or going at lunchtime when you have uh, 30 minutes or an hour off. And even if you make a mistake, learn from the mistake. Write it down. Say, hey, this didn't work last week, so we're going to try something different. All very small stuff. I know you can do it. You can do it no matter how, how many kids you have. And so here's a success story from my friends and former clients who now live in Boston, and I've actually visited them twice in the last two years. And the first time, they made a half-hearted attempt to change. Now, they eat well, and by well, I mean that in both ways. First of all, they eat healthy. Uh, they're lucky enough they have access to Whole Foods, and they can purchase their groceries there. And they tend to have fruits and vegetables and uh, raw nuts available to them. But my friend, he works in investment banking, so he's very busy. Now, his wife is also very busy. She works 24 hours a day. He works 14 hours per day. And the last time I was there, they they gave it a shot. You know, they tried to improve, but they go out for dinner quite a bit, and they travel. And then I went back again just before Christmas, and he just sent me this email today. Very important. And something happened. Something switched the last time I was there. And he said, uh, you know, great to hear from you. We've been on a diet and have been incredibly energized. I've eaten more vegetables in the past six weeks than my entire combined consumption for years. I've been working like a dog, but it feels great. Uh, last week I was at a hotel, and I just went to the uh, hotel, gave them my grocery list, had them drop the food in the fridge, and then he had breakfast and lunch prepared for the entire week. Now, he had to go out for business dinners at night, but he was at least doing his breakfast and lunch. And it was, he said it was his best business trip from a health perspective he's had in ages. He even slipped in a few workouts. So with the meal plan on track, he needs to get more consistent with his workouts. And he said, thanks, amigo. You have inspired us. So it was great to hear from him. And it just shows you that even with two kids and travel, there are ways around it. And you just need to get going with small changes that give you quick wins to get the snowball of success rolling. And that will change your self-image from the image of a per- I'm a person who's too busy to, uh, you know, buy fruits and vegetables or to eat fruit, fruits and vegetables and my kids don't like them, to the image that I will find a way to fr- eat these fruits and vegetables, to uh, go out of my way to, to get them or to develop a new habit that allows me to get these fruits and vegetables and incorporate them into my lifestyle. And I will prepare my meals and I will do whatever it takes to make those changes. It's very simple. And you can apply this to everything in your life. And we will talk about that more But I highly recommend that you get the book Switch from Chip and Dan Heath. So that's it. This is one of our best calls ever. I want to thank you for being on the call with me. Next week I'm going to bring you a workout I did for men's health. That's a total body arm workout. I'll explain that next week. I want to talk to you about some crazy exercises I've seen at the gym. Research review is going to cover kettlebell and interval training. And we're going to talk about pre-workout nutrition, which I meant to talk about this week, but uh, totally switched it up with that new information from my clients. So thanks, everybody, for being on the call. This is Craig Ballantyne from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com. Have another great seven days of fat burning. Bye-bye, everyone.